Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yep, across the world on the internet at Michael Dukes Show. Dot com, where you'll find the audio-only live stream and uh, all the bells and whistles and uh, podcasts and social media links and everything else. It's where we got to go every day. If you want to uh, listen and participate and be part of the program, this is the day to do it. Hello, and that's the place, by the way. Uh, hello and good morning. Welcome to the program, broadcast live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station, and or FM translator. It is the Michael Duke Show. Hi, how are you? Um, how did we get to how did we get to Thursday? It's kind of what I want to know. How did we get to? Th- Although Sandy in the chat room appears to think it's Friday, but how did we get to Thursday? Because uh, <clears throat> wow. Wow. It's just uh, it's just amazing. Um Anyway, it's, uh, we, we got some stuff going on today. First and foremost, I guess I should say thank you to our friends over there at Satellite West who have uh, sponsored the program this morning uh, and, uh, and do so uh, for one hour every day. And uh, we want to say thank you to them. If you have a communications need, uh, regardless of uh, where you're at, if you're in Cake, uh, or you're all the way down somewhere in Ketchikan or Prince of Wales Islands or the Brooks Range or wherever it is that you are in the state of Alaska, um, you can uh, you can count on the folks at Satellite West to keep you connected, whether it's uh, phone calls or text messages, Internet, uh, emails, whatever it is. Satellite West has got you covered. Go out and check them out at SatelliteWest.com. Special thanks to them for sponsoring the program uh, uh, for this hour today. And uh, we really, uh, we really appreciate. So again, <clears throat> special thanks to them on the show this morning. Uh, also, want to thank the Common Sense Core members uh, who help support the show. Um, I uh, saw that we got a, a brand new patron, Scotty. Scotty uh, became a patron here uh, yesterday, and so special thank you to Scotty for uh, for jumping on board and helping to. Uh, uh, and helping to support the show. You can do so as well. If you want, just go over to MichaelDukeShow.com and click on Join the Core uh, or Patreon.com slash MichaelDukeShow. And for as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can help support the program and uh, make things better. Um, <clears throat> I've got a full rework coming um, in November of the studio. Um, we've got some new equipment. Uh, I've actually got uh, a new streaming PC to help out with the bro- I got both now I'll have a double PC system so it'll be uh, broadcast and it's going to be it's amazing. Um, I tried to get started on changing things out the other day and then realized this is going to be a multi-day process and so uh, come Thanksgiving time uh, when we're all off for Turkey Day and all that stuff, 
I will be tearing the studio apart and putting a bunch of new stuff in and changing stuff around and just making things better. And uh, it's only with the help of the folks of the Common Sense Corps and otherwise that we can do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate that, and um, <clears throat> we're we're ready to uh, we're ready to rock and roll here. All right. Well, remember how yesterday I was bragging about. Uh, <laughs> I was bragging about how we are so full, we don't have any, we have like two slots left until Election Day. Well, that was until late yesterday evening uh, or afternoon, whatever it was. Um, it uh, um, it was, a, 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 I got one of, my, one of my candidates for today called, or sent an email rather and said, uh, uh, sorry, can't make it. That was that was pretty much it. Uh, so no forced uh, wolf this morning uh, to talk about things with us in uh, terms of the candidacy or the uh, or the elections or anything else. And uh, then I tried to get somebody else on board uh, who was looking for a slot, and then I didn't get. Uh, I it was late when they finally said no. I can't do that time anymore. Anyway, hashtag hashtag radio host problems. So anyway, <clears throat> that means this morning it's going to be me and you, me and you for the full hour, and uh, I'd say we've got quite a bit to talk about. I mean, there are a lot of things out there that we can throw down and discuss, and so um, we're gonna. It's just going to be me and you talking, and then we will, uh, we'll, well, we'll have some fun, and then uh, we will uh, pick things up in hour two with Liz. Vasquez, who is a candidate for uh, state house, she's running against uh, Jennifer Armstrong, and this was really kind of appropriate because uh, it was just uh, late yesterday or early this morning. I guess it was yesterday that uh, <clears throat> Suzanne Downing over at Must Read Alaska had a piece out about the uh, new Alaska Democratic Party newsletter, where they uh, they can tick all the boxes off for Liz Vasquez. Where she is, uh, you know, she she checks us all the boxes for what would be considered to be a uh, a perfect Democratic candidate, right? <clears throat> I mean, she's a woman, she's Hispanic, she's first generation American, she's a lawyer, um, but apparently the the fact that she's a Republican and supported Trump is a deal breaker. In fact, they found her just a little bit too Trumpy. And instead, they're going with the white pansexual Democrat. Mm, yeah. So, uh, anyway, that is uh, <laughs> that. I don't even. How, how do we? How do we even? Uh, I, I, anyway, Liz Vasquez uh, going to be joining us uh, to talk about it for House District 16. So there you go. Um. Uh, what what else we go? What, what do we go? Um, okay, so I guess first things first, we should probably, since I said we were going to do talking, I should open up the phone lines before I get into some of these other news stories, and uh, we'll do that. Uh, we'll do that here right now. We will open up the phone lines, and anything that you want to talk about, well, that's that's what we do. We're gonna we're gonna talk with you about all of those things, and uh, it doesn't matter if it's the election, the um, the fact that uh, um, that uh, 
I just totally lost her name. Edie Grunewald. There we go. Edie Grunewald dropped out of the race. Uh, the Charlie's still in it. The Dunleavy now, uh, you know, is is ahead of, you know, Walker's continual uh, bid to say anything, to get anybody to vote for him. Whatever it is that you want to talk about, the Peltola race and the um, the respect fest that seems to be going on between Palin and Peltola, the continual war between um, uh, Mitch McConnell and the whole group against uh, uh, against Kelly Shabaka. I mean, just all all of that and more. That's all available to discuss with you guys. So all you got to do is uh, give us a call 907-433-3150. 907-433. 3150. We'd like to hear from you and we will, uh, phone lines are now lit and ready to rock and roll. So we've got all four lines open and anything that you guys want to say is, uh, is, uh, is good on you. Good on you. We're ready to go. Okay. So, um, I guess we start off, uh, I guess we start off over here with the, uh, with the roundup. So this is, uh, from Suzanne Downing at Must Read. Um, the Democrats say that their candidate, uh, uh, for house district 14, that was the, the, against Liz Vasquez, who has lived in Alaska for so few months that she has only qualified for two permanent fund dividend checks is better than uh, Liz Vasquez Armstrong running for the West Anchorage house seat, uh, house seat calls herself a pansexual, which means she is sexually attracted to whatever suits her at the moment. I mean... Like a toaster? Uh, I mean, what? She, she's married to someone who identifies as a man and have two children, two humans who identify as children. She moved in Alaska. She moved into Alaska back in May of 2019, which would just give her barely the time she would need for residency to qualify as a candidate, and the Division of Elections wouldn't pursue the matter. Um, in this same newsletter, by the way, the Democrats also called Republican Jamie Allard a Nazi sympathizer, and then threw uh, retired Navy SEAL Laddie Shaw under the bus for being an ally of Allard. I mean, again, here's another gal that checks all the buses, uh, checks all the boxes, right? I mean, she's a woman. She's Latina. She, uh, you know, is a you know immigrant. She came, you know, she, she's come, uh, you know, she's she's done all the right things, but because she serves Republican causes, she's a Nazi. <laughs> and Laddie Shaw being a I mean, it's so it's laughable. It's so it's so far out that it's uh, absolutely laughable. Um, and when you look at and when you look at the two different uh, candidates that are running against him, I guess you could see why they're throwing aspersions and everything else because there are some cuckoo for cocoa puffs things going on in those races. Now, do they have much of a chance? I don't know. I mean, I hate to even say anything these days. I hate to even pretend that I know, um, you know, what's going to happen with rank choice voting and everything else. I just I hate to even I hate to even speculate at this point. But uh, you could see for one reason why they might just be like, whoa, whoa. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's the first set of stories for the show today. Um, let's go over to the phones and see what you guys have to uh, chat about. Before we get too far along in the discussion, we'll start over here this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Jim with, from Fairbanks. 
Good morning, Jim. What is happening, my friend? <laughs> How are you doing, Michael? You know, I'm doing okay. How is life after? How is life post uh, post politics? I mean, I don't know if you're still calling the show, so it must be involved in some way. But how's life being now that you're no longer part of the political machinery of the city? Well, well, it's interesting that you uh, ask that question. Um, really, actually, I just, I, I, it's really amazing because um, you don't have to go and listen to people blather on about feelings, but. Um, I did wanted to point out something in the, the about the city council, if I may. Okay, go feel free to. You can chastise all you want. You're when you're not part of the body, you can throw as many arrows and spears as you want. No, no I'm not going to throw any arrows and spears. I just, I, I just realized I wanted to talk just a little bit about how how the unions kind of get blinded by themselves because they put all this, all these, all these monies into these candidates, and then when they win. Did you, we've got two candidates on the city council that that can't participate in union negotiations, and so it just doesn't make a lick of sense if you can't com- campaign or not campaign, but can't you know argue and and defend and and work with with contracts because you're a part of the unions that you're trying to work contracts for, but the unions fight to get them on the city council. I just it seems the most bizarre. <laughs> well, I mean, because it's influence. So I, I don't know if anybody. It, it's influence behind the scenes. It's so. It's all these other things going on. I mean, they want their people on those on those boards because it, it may not just be about the contract. It may be about everything else around the contract that they can have influence on. Well, that's true. It's true. It's just the, the that's what usually comes up most is the contracts. They fight, 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 fight. But in the end, the folks that are in those contracts have to step out, not be a part of it. It seems just yeah. they, they can't fight for their own for their own unions. So I think that's fascinating and bizarre. Yeah. Um, the other thought I had, if I could go a little bit further, you may. Is is you know, is it possible that Alaska could bar or ban the Republican Party and start their own, like the Alaskan Party, if if McConnell doesn't want to ease up and, and stop being a, a tool, can the Alaskan party or can the Republican party say, you know, we're going to, we're going to say no to this nationally and say, we're going to only run other, create another party. Well, I mean, I mean awesome. that, That'd you know, awesome. first of all, it's freedom of association. So the party would have to make that decision. I mean, the party is basically a club, right? I mean, all the political parties are essentially clubs. Right. So they would have to decide whether or not they want to be affiliated with a national club or not. That would be a party decision, a club decision uh, to make that. Now, that's not going to stop. That won't stop Mitch McConnell from going on the attack. It would just stop him from, in fact, it might even encourage him because then he could let all the guns loose. You know what I mean? Not that he's been holding much back right now, but if you were if if you were some other color of creature, if you were not red, you were you know, magenta or, or yellow or, or green or whatever party you want, you know, whatever color you want to associate with it, then he could unleash the hounds, you know, of hell if, if he wanted to. Not Again, not that it looks like he's not doing much more but than that right now. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, there are other parties out there. You've got the Independence Party. You've got the Alaska Constitution Party. You've got the Alaska Veterans Party. There are other parties out there. Here's my comment. 
the Alaska Republican Party, and I've been saying this for years, really needs to clean up their own house. They really need to, if they're going to stand by the platform and they're going to do this, they need to be more strident. They need to be more strict on what they're doing. And the second that somebody steps away from the party platform, they should, you know, be slapped down, censured, do everything. I mean, what they did is they allowed Murkowski, et cetera, to collect so much clout all while basically giving the finger to the Republican Party in general, and they never did anything about it until it was too late. She had too much horsepower, you know, and then they're like, well, we're, we're going to censure you and ask you not to run. And she's like, too bad. I'm going to do it. I've got the I've got the horsepower now. Um, you know, they let they let them they let the monster loose. They let they let it grow too much before they nipped it in the bud. They need to be more strident about it. And if you want to be a member of their club, you got to follow the rules. That's the bottom line. Um, and if you don't want to be a member of the club, Absolutely. no harm, no foul. Just don't, just don't be here. So, yeah. Well, it's a shame. It's a shame that uh, we've got so much national uh, money coming in, DC money coming in, fighting it. I mean, I've no. got more phone calls. I know. I know. I can, I can. I can believe. I know. Every time I turn on the, every time I turn on the internet at any point, it's some anti Kelly, anti. It's, it's just amazing. It's amazing. Jim, hold the line here. We'll be right back to you. Folks, uh, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Look at that. I forgot to start the audio stream this morning. I just turned it on. Jim's still on the phone. Um, you know, I it's just, uh, you know, a monkey could do this job, apparently. Uh and I just can't. I just can't get it. To, I just can't get it together. All right, uh, Jim. Any final thoughts here? I mean, now that I mean, you got to be just at some point. You just got to kind of giggle. Like I'm not in there anymore. Uh, I mean, you and I kind of came oh out. Oh my of, gosh! I, I, you and I kind of came out of pot- politics with the same um, feeling. Like, my God, that's over. Thank you. You know, I don't. When? Why did I get so stupid? And why did I do it? But I mean, at the same time, I had. I'm sure you have, like me. I I had some accomplishments. I felt pretty good about. But at the end, I was like, "Whew! I'm done. I'm done. I've done my bit. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be pretty well, rewarding." So it's it's a great it's a great feeling to to finally um, get out. But what's frustrating is, I mean, really people should run on the fact that, hey, I'm going to run and do my term and, and, and you have to run and do your term and you have to run and do your term. And we all need to do this because every time I hear somebody say, I humbly ask for your vote because you deserve me, <laughs> just, just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Right, all these right. people run because they, they, that's all they know and that's what they want makes me crazy. Yeah, no, it's... Um... It's interesting to watch, especially at the local level. I mean, thank God we we do have people <clears throat> like you who have decided to go in there and fight um, at the local level. It is painful. It is bloody. It is the ultimate in frustration. Uh, but at the same time, it's it makes a difference. I mean, that's where we make a difference, right? In the city councils, in the road service areas, in the community councils, in the assembly, in the planning commission, in all these small little pieces of government that are closest to us, that's where we make the difference when it's all said and done. And we all have to jump in and play the game and and say, okay, it's my turn. I got to I got to take one for the team and go in and listen to the love fest mostly 
and then say, okay, enough talking. This is ridiculous. We're not going to do this. Or, we're, okay, this is what we need to do. But that's the frustrating thing is, is getting people to want to do that. Uh, I, love your com- I love your comment of, uh, I'm just glad I don't have to listen to people's feelings anymore. Because <laughs> there's a little- <laughs> there's a lot of that going on anyway know. michael have a, have a great have a great morning i appreciate it jim good to hear from you my friend thanks for calling in and joining us uh all right uh phone lines are open at 907-433-3150 907-433-3150 um yeah, we're what are we a week away from daylight savings time now? Ten days, ten days away from daylight savings time. We're about to uh, we're about to fall back, and then uh, uh, we start getting more daylight here in just uh, well, just under two months, because uh, the equinox is coming, and then it's going to be lighter again. And uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I mean, we've made it all the way down here anyway. We've made it all the way to the end of October with almost no snow. And we're feeling, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, this reminds me a lot of my, uh, this reminds me a lot of my first winter down here in South Central where the kids were walking around just absolutely stupefied that we had no snow on on uh, Halloween. Uh, so I'm okay. I'm okay with a little bit of snow or no snow and fairly warm temperatures um, through the uh, through all the way to all the way to Thanksgiving. That's a, like you know, no. Um, daylight savings time is the stupidest move on the planet, especially for northern latitudes like Alaska. I mean, I agree, and I think daylight savings time is as. I mean, it's it's it served its purpose, right? It was essentially during the days, non-technological days. Ben Franklin was the one that proposed it originally. So, I mean, it's during the non-technological days of uh, not having enough electricity to keep the lights on. That was the whole point. They didn't have any electricity. They were running candles and lanterns and stuff, right? So, yeah, but <clears throat> that's coming. It's coming for you. What else? I don't even know what I want to talk about now. I got other stories, but I just I just don't even know. All right, let's get back to it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Like a chair, like a chair, like a chair. Okay, good morning. Welcome to it, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hi. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. People in the chat room are talking about getting all the texts from the various campaigns uh, about the about the other stuff. Uh, Gail says something about uh, what about the nefarious texts people were getting canceling Kelly's events when in fact they weren't canceled. Um, and uh, I don't know about that. I do know that I got a ton of um, um, I, I I have a I, it, let me see I, I was just looking at my emails uh, and um, I, I got one yesterday. 
And it says uh, it was from a, a, I, I'd gotten several texts from this phone number. I don't know um, who it was. Uh, but the Patriot Freedom Tour, right? This is the get out the vote, distributing 20,000 vote for Kelly Shibaka lightsabers. Now, interestingly enough, on Sunday, I got a text that said it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Javier de la Vega Park in Anchorage on the 25th. That was Sunday's. It's a poster. It's a it's a I, I can uh, I'll, I'll show it to the chat room here. It's a poster, right, that came in my text messages. Um, so it says it's going to be Anchorage. It's going to be the 25th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's what the that's what the first one says. That was on Sunday, and then on Tuesday I got the I got the the uh, the second one, and this one says October 26th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and the. So till 1 p.m. And then at 1.06 p.m. or that yesterday, I got a message at 9.30 that said, please arrive around 12. And then it said, we're ready now. We'll be here at 1 o'clock. It said, we're ready now. We'll be here till 4 p.m. None of this. I was so confused by all this. And I'm just like, is somebody just messing with me? Is that what? Because I got posters that have got different dates, different times. And then yesterday... They said we're not even – the thing was supposed to be over. It's, the poster says 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., and then they said we're ready now at 105. We'll be here till 4. Who's running this circus? Who is absolutely – where are all the clowns? Because I'm looking for the car with all the clowns in it. I mean, it's a hot mess. I don't know what – you know. So I'll be honest with you. I've gotten lots of text messages from – Peltola from this, from that, from the other thing. I, I can't tell you what's real and what's not at this point. I just, I can't. I, I just block. That's my next move. Block, block, block that number. Block it. Um. All right. Um. Let's go over to the phones again. Uh, I got some more stories or, or some more, some more uh, stories to cover from the news, but um, <clears throat> maybe something you guys will have to say will make me feel better about my life over here good morning who's this where are you calling from this is carlene and kodiak well hello um, carlene my, um the pansexual story do i have to hide my toaster now well that's a good I question i mean is it pancakes is it uh, anything that's fried in a pan is it uh, is it a flute i don't know i, I just don't know uh yeah, uh, yeah I do not know. Well, uh, oh, I have a good story. Okay, I'm um, I'm I ready got for a it. Phone from a candidate yesterday. Okay, and we talked for one hour. There was a message on my answering machine. I was showering. I called back. So, the time on the answering machine, the time on the clock. It was an hour that passed. We we spoke, and um. It was not a confrontation. It was Heath Smith just responding and saying that he was not a Democrat. So we talked for over an hour, and I was just headed out to go to vote. And then I voted for Heath Smith. 
because he responded and, 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 and I didn't expect that. This is because yesterday, for those of you who weren't listening yesterday, near the end of the show, Carlene called and said she couldn't vote for Benjamin Vincent. She couldn't vote for Heat Smith because they didn't know what their track record was, didn't know, you know, where they stood and, and everything else. And I think Heath heard that and uh, must have tracked you down. And uh, and so you ended up voting for him in the end. I mean, what did he say? What was the what was the thing that got? I mean, how did he convince you? Because you were pretty convinced when we talked yesterday that because they hadn't run for a lower office and you didn't know what their track record was, you uh, you, you know you just you didn't think you could vote for him. Now, my opinion was, you know, you you, you already know what you're going to get, so why not try something new? But what did he say to you that uh, changed your mind, Carlene? Well, we must have talked about a hundred subjects, could have talked for 10 hours straight, but um, it was just that the response and he was decent and um, I apologized and uh, I just that he, he wasn't a Democrat, that someone was mistaken and uh, we just talked about so many things. It was just unbelievable, especially the dividend. Uh, that was what was important to me. Then I realized I could talk to him about a lot of things that I'm not able to talk to anybody about. And I just kind of did the tip of the iceberg. And it was right. just that he responded and he's decent. And um, I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't help it. I I voted uh, <laughs> red. I ranked the red. You ranked the like red. Charlie Pierce. Yes. God, that's... yes, I'm not a Republican. I'm Democrat. I'm I don't fit in anywhere, you know. Right. Well, you're Carlene, you're an Alaskan. That's I think that's what you're trying to say is you're not a Republican, you're not a Democrat, you're an Alaskan. You're somebody who votes uh for candidates based on the issues and based on their positions and and by God, I think that's more. I think that's more of what we need in this country than anything else. I mean, I think what's what's pulling us apart is a lot of the party labels on certain things. Um, and uh, you know, we, we just we have there's a vast swath of people in America who are just like you, who don't consider themselves to be one or the other. They vote independently on the issues. They may vote for a Democrat in one race and a Republican in another race, uh, you know, or for a candidate who is an independent just like them. We just don't know. Um, but I, I'm, I'm glad that Heath got back to you yesterday. Um, did, uh, did you, uh, did you, I, I gotta ask because you said it yesterday, you said you just couldn't vote for Ben Vincent because, but you didn't like Louise Stooch. You couldn't vote for Louise as well. Did you just leave that race blank or did you vote for something? No, I voted for Ben Vincent and, um, I'm hoping for the best. I just didn't want to vote where I would regret it every day of yeah. my life. Yeah. I just couldn't live like that and, and yeah. have regrets. So I did vote for Ben Vincent. Well, you can only and Heath Smith. Yep. You can only do your best in those things, Carlene, right? I mean, you can only take the candidate's word for it when they say they're going to do something a certain way. And then the proof is in the pudding. And if they don't do it, then you try and vote them out the next the next cycle, right? That's that's how that's how it works. But I also try to check them out. You know, I, I've tried right. to do that also. Yeah. Well, I'm, um, gl I'm glad to hear that Heath was responsive to you and that you got a chance to talk with him and that uh, your mind was put a little bit at ease. And uh, 
That's good. Uh, that's good. Any other thoughts here? Uh, Tells me he's going to respond. He will respond to issues. That means he's a responsible person. He's not blowing me off. Right. Well, no. I mean, that's the thing. He he is responsive and he's care. How how often have you received a call back from uh, Louise Stutes or Gary Stevens? Right. I mean, how often how often have you had a chance to be in one on one contact and have an hour conversation with them on the phone? Um, I mean, I think I think it shows that there is definitely a passion to serve there. Uh, it's why I've endorsed Heath, uh, and uh, and I I agree with you. I think that that is a I think it's a good thing. So, Carlene, I'm... I think uh, he's fair. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, I'm not going to agree with every candidate on everything, but I think the ones that have their hearts in the right uh, right place, um, they definitely... Um, it's it's good to see them out there. So, um, Carlene, anything else before I let you go? No, thank you, Michael. Well, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for calling in and joining us. Uh, we appreciate it, dear, and uh, we hope you have a great day. That's Carlene down in Kodiak. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear uh, that, uh, that Heath Smith reached out to her and they got a chance to talk. And it sounds like Heath probably tipped her over the edge on Ben because yesterday at the end of the show, she was not going to vote for Ben Vincent because she didn't, you know, there was no track record. He hadn't been in other offices. He hadn't done this. He hadn't done that. Um, but it sounds like Heath is doing the work for everybody out there uh, because she ended up voting for Ben and, and ranking the red out of the other races, um, which is uh, encouraging. I hope that there are more Carleens out there. I hope that there are more people out there like that that are listening and paying attention and they're not just going to vote uh, for their team. You know what I mean? Um, if there was a Democrat that was uh, pursuing certain, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I'm voting for Chris Bayh. Uh Now, does Chris have much of a chance? No, but I can vote my conscience and then still rank the other candidates. So it's all, it's all good. Um, but Quite honestly, I want to be able to vote my conscience on these things. And whether it's a libertarian or an independent or, yes, even a Democrat in some races, depending on who the, the candidates were, I would vote for a Democrat if I believe that they aligned with what I wanted to see in those races. Um, I'm not stuck on the I have to vote for my team or else because, let's face it, there are some people on some teams – I'm looking at you – Bert Stedman and Gary Stevens and, you know, the Kathy Geisels of the world. I mean, I would not I wouldn't vote for them if they were the last person around. So be a little bit more open minded in those uh, in those races and in those areas. OK, well, I guess uh, that brought us right up to the break. Wow, I can talk, can I? Just bloviated right past that. All right, well, that's okay. We'll get uh, one more segment. And then Liz Vasquez is going to be joining us at the top of the hour. Chris Story will be joining us at the very end of the show today because he missed his Tuesday check-in. So he'll be on after Liz. Uh, meanwhile, it's just you and me and, and you. We'll be back. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're 
Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know. I guess if there's a silver lining on the ranked choice voting thing is that I can I could vote for my number one pick and uh, and still get a bite at the apple. I guess is the is the I guess the 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 upside of this uh, because I'm I will be voting with for Chris By. Um, Greg says Chris By is going to get my number one slot. Yeah, I mean I voted for Chris in the primary. Um, I voted for the candidates that I believe. Now, does that mean that I believe that they were going to be to to, to win? Probably not. Statistically, probably not. But guess what? I felt good about my vote. I felt good. And now with the ranked choice, I can still vote for Buy and then Baggage and then Palin, and we won't put Peltola on there at all. That's great. Right? <laughs> Rick said that he saw Chris last night on the uh, debate, and he said he liked Chris. Short answers, no BS. I mean, Chris is a straight shooter. Uh, Chris, in fact, is going to be on the program uh, a week from today. A week from today, next Thursday. Chris Bai is going to be on the program. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Uh, Looking forward to that. Um, Kevin said, I voted for Ross Perot. So did I. And Greg says, so did I. <laughs> Brian tells me that the uh, thinking for myself and voting for the candidate of my choice is not appropriate. We need more group think. Well, this is possible. <laughs> it's possible. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, Chris, vote yes. Yes, vote. Yes, vote. Yes, vote for Chris. Um, I think we should yes vote for Chris as number one just because it shows that he did really well. If you've watched any of the debates where he's participated, he has done really, really well um, in those debates. And as, you know, short, concise, no BS votes. I mean, the ADN actually quoted him yesterday, which is the first time I think that they've actually quoted him. I mean, they've they usually mention him in one sentence saying he was also at the debate. Uh, but last night, uh, they actually quoted him um, as uh, in the uh, in the article. Uh, Chris By said many Alaskans are quote terrified when they hear bipartisan, because what that really means is both parties are getting together to gang up on taxpayers. He said it's important that we communicate with one another, but I'm not about to hold hands while we go over a fiscal cliff. Sometimes you've got to be difficult, you've got to be tough, you've got to be firm, and those are the things we need as a nation. I mean, I think he got the biggest quote in this whole article. So, Chris Bye, um, I'm happy to see that. I'm happy to see that he's out there uh, getting the job done. But yeah, I mean, this is a he got he got some press last night. He did well for himself last night. Let's just put that uh, that that. Um, Chris is the only one who even mentioned the wood burners problem in the interior. Said Jim. Uh, yeah, no. Um. I used to be an independent, but then I found I wasn't finding anyone but ours that held my value, so I joined the ours to make the party better, said Jennifer. Well, I mean, I'm I'm 
I understand I identify with a lot of R's because they hold my values like you. I, I find I'm not a Republican, but I find that I identify most with the Republican Party and their candidates. Not always, but mostly. But if the party continues to do all the things that they're doing, I'll definitely be glad that I did not join the party because it's a hot freaking mess. That's why. Sandy said, Carlene in Kodiak is like Elon Musk. He switched to Republican because the Democratic Party is so far left and Elon, and Elon stayed where he was. And that has become the Republican side of things. Well, it seems like all the parties are kind of shifting to the left, you know, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, Reagan's Republican Party is it, it, today's party is not Reagan's party. And today's party is also today's party on the other side is also not um, the Kennedy party, right? I mean, it's, everything is just kind of shifted over one one column or so as we go through. Um, all right. Um, blah, blah, blah. The worst part about daylight savings time, says Rob Myers, is now shown is that it is now shown to use more electricity in the summer, especially in the southern states. We run fewer lights at home, but more air conditioning. Yeah. I mean, day, I think daylight savings time is something that has come and gone and we need to, we just need to, you know, put a bullet in it. It's done. That's what we need to do. All right. Um, well, I guess we're about ready to jump back into it. <clears throat> so this is where I beg you to share the show. Is it begging or is it just asking politely? I'm not sure. But I'm going to ask you to share the show. Uh, 68 people, 69 people in uh, in all the video, in all the street. That's how many people are watching on all the platforms right now. Um, if we get, you know, what if we got to 80? What if we got to 90? What if we got to have 100 people in here every morning? Just think we might be able to make a little bit more of a difference. Check it out. Anyway, here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Let's uh, get on to it, shall we? And uh, continue on. We have got this last segment, and then coming up, Liz Vasquez is going to be joining us, running for House District 16 uh, down in Anchorage. And uh, she's going to be talking with us uh, for the first couple segments of the show, and then we'll finish up in the second hour with Chris Story, the man from Homer. Again, special thanks to Scotty for becoming the latest member of the Common Sense Corps. We appreciate that, helping to support the show. Uh, i got a couple stories in here, but nothing earth-shattering. What I do have is some phone calls, and that is my favorite thing to do. So let's go to the phones and see what you guys have to say, and we can chit-chat. That's uh, my, again, my bet. It's the favoritist. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Bonnie. What's on your mind? <laughs> what? Okay. What's going uh, on, Bonnie? Yes, I voted the red. You voted the red. You ranked the red. 
Yes, because I want Alaska to be winners and not losers and do nothing. Okay. Um, well, I don't. I don't want Alaska to be a park. Okay. I'm I'm down with that. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know if uh, yeah because I don't know if you voted if you if you rank the blue instead I don't know if they'd do nothing I think they'd be very active uh, they'd probably be very active in changing things and taking away some rights and uh, you know building their own uh, you know multicultural multi gendered utopia of what I mean whatever it is that they the diversity you know the diversity park it would be a diversity park. Um, yeah, I don't think that they would just yeah. be sitting around doing nothing. But uh, I'm glad to hear that you uh, you rank the red. My other pro- the other problem I have about is lately I'm thinking about and my father fought in World War II and all those people that fought and drew and gave blood as they were jumping out of planes to attack Hitler. They weren't thinking about their plumbing. Right. Okay. And oh, what, what mean, sex they were. You mean, okay, I, I thought you meant their plumbing at it's home. It's got and to be I, ridiculous. And then I, I got I got it. I got it. Okay. So I thought you meant like the guys in there getting ready to jump out of the plane thinking about, did I really seal that toilet bowl well enough? You meant their other plumbing. Okay, I got it. No, no. I got it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, th- thanks, Bonnie. I appreciate I appreciate you calling in and joining us. Uh, thank you very much. I mean, that's what for literally that's what I thought she was talking about. Guys jumping out of an airplane, going, "Did I really put that flush handle back on properly?" No. I mean, she's talking about they're not worrying about what's what's going on between their legs, essentially, as they're getting ready to jump out of an airplane. And you're right, that wasn't, that wasn't part of the national conversation before. In fact, that would never have even been discussed on the radio before. The whole thing is just, it's insane. Absolutely insane. But uh, here's here's where we sit now. All right, um, number, two, uh, number to call, uh, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. 3150. If you would like to uh, be part of the program, uh, we would love to hear what you have to say. Give us a ring and uh, let's uh, let's let's get it. Let's get it on. Let's let's talk and chat about all the things that we've got going on. All right. So here is the uh, here is the new uh, uh, the latest and greatest uh, from uh, the campaign trail. Uh, of course, we talked about this the other day, that there have been special interests and uh, political action committees out there that are targeting um, Dunleavy and pro-Dunleavy groups. Uh, we talked about this, Scott Kendall and company, the 907 Initiative and many others. Well, the uh, Alaska Public Offices Commission um, had a meeting uh, yesterday where they deferred a decision on the complaint filed earlier this month against the RGA, which is the Republican Governors Association, that was being alleged that the RGA was illegally spending money to support Governor Dunleavy in his re-election bid. Now, APOC deferred a decision on the complaint, um, which allows uh, the RGA-funded group called A Stronger Alaska to continue spending money to support Dunleavy before the election day, 
But in their ruling, which took two full days of deliberations, according to uh, Iris Samuels at the ADN, um, that uh, they warned uh, RGA and a stronger Alaska. They issued a stark warning to say that they continued to make expenditures at their own peril. So they basically said, well, we're not going to we're not going to give you a cease and desist right now. We're not going to enjoin you from being able to spend money. But if we find out at a later date, which they're basically deferring the decision to down the road, um, they said uh, that if you make this continue to make expenditures uh, uh, together, that uh, you do so at your own peril and you could face um, you could face a, a, a substantial fines and penalties. Now, depending on how much money that they have, this will probably not slow down the RGA or a stronger Alaska at all. If they've got deep enough pockets, I mean, we've seen this before where people knew that they were going to be in violation and they just went ahead and did it anyway and then paid the fine. Um, the problem at the root of this whole problem is basically is that there uh, is little separation between the Republican Governors Association and a stronger Alaska, which is a violation of state law, okay? Um, under Alaska statute, an independent expenditure group must register with APOC prior to making expenditures in support or opposition of a candidate. The Republican Governors Association never registered with the commission. An independent expenditure group is also for, forbidden from using a fictitious name under state statute. And when you look at the uh, Stronger Alaska, uh, the executive director of the RGA is also the top officer at a Stronger Alaska. The chief financial officer of the RGA is the top financial officer of a Stronger Alaska. A Stronger Alaska's bank statements are uh, under the name of the RGA. Um, both of the CFO and the executive director testified before the commission that they work for a stronger Alaska on a volunteer basis while on the RGA payroll and that a stronger Alaska has no separate phone number or address. It's looking kind of hanky, right? I mean, I'm, uh, it's looking kind of hanky at that point. But uh, anyway, Stronger Alaska has already spent more than $600,000 in campaign mail supporting Dunleavy, and they, in, uh, they, they have $2 million more to spend. And we've got, what is it, 10 days? Is it 10 days? I mean, it's like 10 days, 11 days. So they're going to spend $2 million in 11 days if they decide to keep spending. I don't know. So that was, that was one of the big stories that came out. What was the other thing that I wanted to throw out there? Um, oh, Anchorage rep, uh, Andy Josephson got his hand spanked by the municipal attorney for the, uh, for the city of Anchorage. The attorney for the municipality sent a cease and desist letter to Andy Josephson telling the legislator to stop saying in his political ads that the Anchorage police in part, uh, department endorses him. Now, Josephson is a uh, lawyer. And he knows how to word things just so. So what he was saying is that <clears throat> Anchorage Police Department endorses me. And in small print, actually endorsed by the police union, right? Not by the police. But it, it matters how you say things because it's what people hear. So anyway, the uh, the letter from the 
municipal attorney comes out and said, it's come to our attention that you've represented in your campaign advertisements that you are endorsed by the Anchorage Police Department. The Anchorage Police Department is a department of the municipality of Anchorage. Neither the Anchorage Police Department nor the municipality have endorsed your campaign. We request you cease stating or implying that you were endorsed by the Anchorage Police Department or any other department of the muni immediately. But he's running against Kathy Hensley, and she call actually called him out on the trick. Uh, 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 she calls him out on it um, in 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 past meetings and in debates and stuff. But again, that's just that's how the ball rolls. That's how we're gonna how we're gonna get it done. All right, uh, we gotta go. We got more coming up. Liz Vasquez is gonna be joining us in just a second, and we'll be chatting with her this morning. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return in just a moment with more good stuff right after this. Okay. Uh, You ready? You ready already? Let's get into it here. Uh, we got a bunch of folks in the chat room, and I saw that Liz Vasquez is in the green room waiting patiently for us. Uh, we're going to be talking with her in just a second. We're going to take her, her take her out of the green room and uh, test her audio and do all that good stuff. Um, and I'm just making sure that I got all the bells and whistles plugged in. Everything's plugged in perfectly. Uh, and I think uh, I think we're good to go. All right, so let's uh, let's bring uh, Liz on board here, and uh, we'll see if we can uh, test some audio and make sure that it all sounds color beautiful this morning. Good morning, Liz. How are you this morning? Can you hear me, Liz? Hmm, I can hear Liz, but she can't hear me. Are you listening, Liz? I can hear. I can hear the. Um, I can hear her fan in the background, and uh, uh, I'm just going to tell Liz that I'm calling her on the phone right now, um, just to see what we can uh, we can go on here. So we'll uh, remove Liz from the thing real quick. And we'll get her on the phone and see what's going on here. Good morning, Liz. Are you there? Okay, good Good morning. Uh, good morning. I just wanted to make sure I can hear you on your end, but you apparently weren't hearing me on, on through the video. Can you hear me now? Okay, you weren't hearing me. Okay. Um, uh, well, we'll, uh, we'll have to do this, uh, we'll have to do this the old fashioned way, I guess, by, uh, by, uh, by, uh, telephone. So we'll just do it that way. Okay. All right. I'm going to put you back. Um, so I'll just kick you from the, uh, I'll just kick you from the, uh, studio and, uh, from the, from the program and we'll just do this on the telephone. So we'll just, we'll get this done here in just a second. Uh, All right. So hold the line, Uh, Liz. I'll be right back to you. Liz Vasquez uh, is our guest. She's on the phone right now with us. 
And we'll be doing this the old-fashioned way. I haven't done this in a while. I haven't done it the old-fashioned way in a bit. So uh, let's uh, let me let me figure out and remember. Let me figure out and remember how I did this before. Uh, I got to get the guest. No, I don't want to do that. That's not what I wanted. I didn't want Kelly Nash. I wanted. There we go. Uh, okay. So uh, let me. Uh, let me let me do this. Uh, let me do this. Uh, nope, I gotta go over here and do this. All right, so talk amongst yourselves for a second, you guys. You're, you're busy. I'm trying to figure out where all my uh, uh, Liz Alaska. Okay, I'm just trying to get all my uh, all my stuff squared away here and. Uh, get a picture of Liz so that I can pull her up into the chair. There we go. There's a good one right there. Okay. Um, I got a picture. I got, I got the picture. Um, and now I just got to, I've just got to crop it down and do what I need to do. Uh, all right. So Liz Vasquez is our guest. Um, and we're going to uh, jump into this with her here in just a second. We're about three. Oh my lord! This is what happens when you're trying to do stuff live on the air. I can't. I can't make it work. All right. Uh, all right. There we go. I have. There's 53 pictures here, and I'll eventually find the one that I needed. Uh, all right, right there. All right, Liz Vasquez. Got it. Got the picture. For the love of Pete. Uh, and now we can uh, put it into the deal, and we'll get it all squared. Oh, where, where, where's my thing here? Okay. Whew, man, it's like full-on panic mode this morning. What the hell is going on around here? All right, let's, uh, okay. All right. Well, like and share, like and share, like and follow. Do all the good, the gee whizzy good stuff uh, to make things better for us. Would you do that? Uh, we'll get more people involved, and we'll all talk about the stuff that uh, we need to. Vasquez. Okay. All right. <clears throat> now, finally, we will get this done. House District Sixteen is. The place for us, and that is Liz Vasquez. Um, yeah, this is what happens. Nope, uh, this is what happens when uh, you're trying to do stuff on the fly. And it is her, her website is uh, Liz for LizVasquez.com, uh, Liz, LizVasquez.us. Or LizVasquez.com. Yep, there we go. LizVasquez.com. Okay. Make me, make, it, make me cry. All right. Boom. All right, we're all ready. Liz, Liz Vasquez is going to be joining us in just a moment. She's hanging out on the phone right now waiting for us to get started. This is stuff that I normally do before the show gets started so you guys don't have to listen to me mumble to myself while I fill time. Uh, getting ready to do it. So like and share, like and share, like and share. Um, and we will continue on. And yes, we'll talk about Jenny, uh, her issues, and the Democratic Party newsletter, which just came out and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, yeah, we're going to we're going to talk about all that stuff and more. Uh, so that's all dead ahead with Liz Vasquez. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Let's uh, get going on. Here we go. Hour two starts right now. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, uh, it is The Michael Duke Show. Hey, how are you? You guys all ready for uh, for today? We're continuing on now, hour two of the big uh, radio show, and we are getting ready to dive into it with our next candidate as I said earlier, we're pretty much full up until next uh, until the election day, almost all completely. Last hour was a fluke. We had a, a guest drop out, but uh, we're full back up again. Uh, Liz Vasquez is about to join us running for House District 16. And uh, then at the end of the show, Chris Story, the man from Homer, will be joining us since he missed his Tuesday check-in. He'll be back with us then. So I guess without further ado, let's... Uh, Let's uh, let's let's jump into it. Let's jump into it and get started with our guest, Liz Vasquez, who joins us right now via telephone, um, and uh, she is with us uh, right now. Good morning, Liz. How are you? Good morning, Michael. Oh, super busy with the campaign. Yeah, I... um, running in District 16, which is mostly Spinard, Turnigan, some of Sand Lake, some of Joe Lake, uh, Kincaid, and the airport district. Right, right. It, it, it's a good, uh, it's a good solid district. You no, no, uh, no secret. You're no uh, stranger to politics. But for those who may not have heard of you, Liz, um, why don't you give us a little bit of your background? I mean, who you are, where you are, where you came from, etc. Yeah. Well, um, although I grew up in New York and Puerto Rico, um, I actually started school in Puerto Rico and English is my was my second language. I've lived in Anchorage now uh, 39, 40 years, 25 of those years in West Anchorage. I, uh, I've done a lot of things. I have local, state and federal um, experience. I'm an attorney by training and uh, um, career-wise. I started my career in Washington, D.C. with the Department of Treasury, General Counsel's Office, and the Control of the Currency, General Counsel's Office, doing banking, securities, international trade, EEO, law, administrative uh, 
law. And then um, we came up to Alaska. We moved in Alaska. I moved into Alaska in 83. I went into private practice. Then I became a prosecutor. I did um, commercial litigation on behalf of the state. I've done, I've been an administrative law judge. I have uh, done um, healthcare performance audits on behalf of the Department of Health and Social Services. And I've worked with victims of violent crime. So I served one term in the legislature um, representing West Anchorage. So I, I have a wide, wide range of experience. I have served on several commissions locally mm-hmm. on the city budget advisory commission, on the school budget advisory commission. Um, so, and I, I, I follow up right. on what's going on locally. Right. And, um, so that's kind of in a nutshell. Oh, and I served on the board of directors of Shugatch Electric for six years. Okay. Um, a, it's, with, it's quite a full resume there. I mean, you've got a lot of different things going on. It gives people a little bit of flavor of where you're coming from. When exactly did you decide that you wanted to uh, uh, get into the political game? I mean, I, I like to ask people, you know, what exactly did you lose your mind? Was there one thing that made you do it or was it a cumulative effort or what, you know, what, what caused you to say, I think I'll run for office? Well, Michael, you know, I haven't lived as long as I've lived in Anchorage and uh, in Alaska. I've seen a lot of changes. I have a perspective that perhaps somebody younger doesn't have. I've seen a more vibrant uh, Alaska, a more vibrant a local community, Anchorage, a better school system. I mean, we have a broken um, school system, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, and our economy is failing. We're losing young people. Uh, you know, most of our friends, uh, our daughters down below, most of our friends have uh, children down below. They graduate from college, and they there are no viable opportunities um, for them to stay here. So, you know, it's one of those things in life, either you can complain about things or you can just get up and do something about it. And I am an example of the American dream, Michael. My parents never finished high school. My father went, I think, through the eighth grade and my mother through the 10th grade. My father may not have even gone through the eighth grade. I mean, he was growing up in, in Puerto Rico, truly third world and in fact when we lived there we truly were in third world conditions you know no running water no electricity so i know about long-term camping (laughs) right exactly Uh, all right so anyway it's one of those things michael where you know you can just sit and complain or you can just try to do something and you know i'm just we're going to lose our city. We're losing our city. We're losing our state. We're losing our country. I mean, people are just getting too comfortable and too lazy to try to do something and change things. And we're not in a good situation, I don't think. Right. And those of us that have lived long enough to know better, 
we know that things need to change. Um, well, Liz, as you've been out on the campaign trail um, and you get a chance to talk to your constituents, and I'm assuming you've gone door to door and you've knocked on doors and talked to people yes, and meet and yes. greets and stuff like that, I'm always interested to hear because when I ran for office, uh, that was kind of my favorite thing was to stand with people on their front porch and get to know them a little bit and find out in the comfort of their own environs what was important to them. So what are people talking about to you? Is it the PFD? Is it inflation? Is it the economy? Is it crime? Is it schools? The ranked choice uh, voting? I mean, what are people talking about and what are the important issues to them as you okay. see it? In, yeah, Micah, inflation, the economy, crime and schools and um you know, I, the PFD is an issue, but I think right now, front and center, people are worried. They are so worried about this inflation and where where we're going. I mean, um, I think people are really worried about the economy, and they're worried about um, the those people that are paying attention are really worried about our educational system. But right. you know, the one thing I could tell you that. We don't get our fair share of school funding. Um, when I was down in Juneau, I, I did a lot of research in a lot of different areas, and I was shocked to find out that Anchorage doesn't get its fair share. Doesn't get its fair share. And, and the Anchorage, I'm talking about the Anchorage area, too. I'm talking about Eagle River and right. Shugat. And when you say not we getting their fair share, what do you, I mean, what do you mean by that? Explain that well, to, to those of us outside. Year, yeah, Michael, per year, the state provide state funding per student for each school district. Well, to, to my amazement, although we have the largest population, student population, we get the least amount per year for each student. I mean, Matsu gets more, hundreds of dollars more. So does Kenai. I mean, I was just amazed. Now, I don't always agree with how the school district spends the money, but that's a different issue. We're not getting our fair share, our equitable share. Right. Um, What's the justification for giving Anchorage less? I mean, how is that? Because it's a base I, student allocation, right? I mean, it's a it's right. A, so how does how does Anchorage get less, uh, and what forces them to get less than other communities? Well, they have a formula that's been in place for decades, um, Michael. So you would have to redo that formula. So it's skewed towards uh, the outlying areas and uh, other school districts. But the bottom line is we're not getting an equitable fair share. And I think Anchorage's view is a cash cow. In other words, we, we you know, we have an economic base to afford the taxes. Um, to pour into our own school district. I mean, there are a lot of school districts in the state where um, the state pays for everything. The local community pays nothing, nada. Right. And that doesn't seem fair to me. I mean, everybody should put the, you know, something into, have something in the, in the fight, <laughs> some skin in the game. Right. Well, and, and I guess my argument would be because we had this conversation earlier this week with Charlie Pierce talking about unincorporated areas. And I mean, they understand that they're getting an education that is on par with what's being invested. And if all they're using is state money and not using any local contribution, for example, the Kenai pays up. Not only do they get the state money, they pay up to the maximum cap on their contribution to local schools almost every year, almost up to the cap every time. 
uh, and people in unincorporated areas don't get that. But that's one of the trade-offs of being in an unincorporated area. I mean, shouldn't they have a say in whether or not they have to incorporate or not? Well, I just know that there's some inequities there. Uh, There are some areas of the state where everything is paid for by the state and there's no skin, you know, in the game as far as the local community. I mean, it's all a handout. And that really creates, in my mind, a real poor (laughs) mental framework. Because if all you do is just take out your hand and expect everything to be given to you. I, I don't think that's a good way for society or to have people right. uh, think about, you know, their community and how government interacts with them. Right. I mean, well, I, one of the campaign cries that we've been hearing a lot now from uh, a lot of the progressives and some of the more moderate Republicans is that we need to increase the BSA. That that's the answer. That that because we haven't increased the BSA, or it's only raised by four and a half percent since 2017, we're not paying enough. We're not paying now. Of course, they all act as if the BSA is the only money spent on education, and we know that that's not true. It's the base. They've spent hundreds of millions of dollars beyond BSA on education in this state. So the question is: Is the answer to fixing the K through 12 problem in this state is it more money or? Is something fundamentally broken inside the system and needs to be fixed? Well, I could say that for Anchorage, we're just not getting our equitable fair share of state funding. I could tell you that's a fact. Now, in Anchorage, um, historically, we are top heavy. By that, I mean there's way too much administrative positions versus teachers in the classroom. So. You know, in Anchorage, that's an issue. In other school districts, and you're totally right, this BSA is just part of the equation. When I was down there, we did a thorough deep dive for fiscal year 2015. What we found out, and it's not just the BSA, you've got federal monies coming in. You've got grants that are issued by the Department of Education. You've got contribution to the teacher's retirement system and to the state employee system. So all those combined for that one year, we came up with almost $2 billion, $1.9 billion, almost $2 billion. And that did not include the local tax share. In other words, we didn't include, you know, like here in Anchorage, almost half of our taxes go into the school district. It didn't include, that's an amazing amount of money to spend for 132,000 students, or at least that was the number of students we had back then. Um, So sometimes it's not always about the money. It's how you spend the money. Well, I mean, when I started... Uh I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. I'm passionate about education, okay, because I think education is so important. I mean, the statistics are clear. Those that by grade fourth, if you're not able to read, your chances of graduating from high school a lot lower statistically. Right. If you are not able to graduate from high school, you're not over. Over your lifetime, you're not going to earn as much as some, you know, high school graduates. And not only that, but the jail population 
is full of people that cannot read and didn't finish high school. I mean, so it is a really critical problem for our society. I mean, and you know, not everybody, by the way, this this focus on pre-college uh, education is really <sighs> stupid. Not everybody should go to college and not everybody is interested in college. Right. I mean, our King Career Center here in Anchorage Right. When my daughter was going to high school, there, there were three shifts of students. Go, you know, it was so overcrowded. They had three shifts going through that school a day. Now, what type of really trades training, right. career training are you going to have when, when students are just roll through like that? I mean, that's unconscionable. Lisa. And, you know, that I have to tell you, that impacts more minority students. Right. You know, Liz Vasquez is our guest, uh, GOP candidate uh, for House District 16. Uh, LizVasquez.com is her website. We're up against the break. We're going to take a quick commercial uh, dip and then we will be back here in just a moment talking with her more about other issues surrounding the state. We'll also finish up with the education question, uh, the PFD, inflation, the ConCon and more. It's all directly ahead. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Is that? Common sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Show. Okay, Liz Vasquez is our guest. Uh, we're continuing with her in the break. Um, uh, I guess we'll continue on with this vein of, of education for a minute. I mean, Liz, what you're describing with the top heaviness of uh, of education, I mean, this is a problem. First of all, this is a problem built into the BSA because the BSA has components for increasing overhead for administrators and everything else. And we've seen across the state of Alaska that, you know, only like just under 50% of every dollar, 40 to 50% of every dollar actually makes it into the classroom. In fact, we've seen this, you know, there's a, there was a graph put out a year or so ago that showed the increase in administrative overhead in schools. And it was on this rising curve, this huge rising curve. And then they transposed it against the actual enrollment numbers, which was on a declining curve. And that's the way things are going. We've got more administrators than ever for fewer students. And so I guess my question is, if we got even more money, how does that fix it? Well, like I said a few minutes ago, increasing money doesn't necessarily solve all of the issues we have. (laughs) Um, You know, I think we really need to look at how that money is spent. And historically, what has happened is the state simply gives the money out to the school districts, and there's a lot of leeway um, on how the school board and the administration spend the money. But we're not getting the results we should get. I mean, as you well know, statewide, we're at the bottom. I mean, when Alabama and Mississippi do better in our test, you know, the standard standardized test scores, 
Um, and they spend very little money compared to us, like maybe one third, right, or, or one half. No, we're I mean, one of the highest. Yeah, we're one of the highest in the nation. I mean, the Anchorage School District spends almost twenty thousand dollars per student, and you've got a lot of these other places where they're spending, you know, five, six thousand dollars per student. Yep. So, I mean, what, yep. what, what's the difference? Is it the money, or is it something th- something fundamentally flawed in the system? Well, Mike, I, I think it's just too many administrative positions here in Anchorage. I mean, that that's a problem. And I think that over the years, uh, the bureaucracy has grown and they haven't really put the resources in the classroom. Also, there's been an overbuilding of um, physically of buildings, sure. I mean, of schools. I right. mean, they seem to think if a school is 20 years old, it needs to be torn down or redone i mean you go to other states and you know the schools they may be 40 50 years old but they're still used 100 years old 100 years old some of those school buildings are 100 years old i mean we've seen this over and over and over again i mean we're seeing where the school district artificially shrinks the capacity of a school based on some new formula that they came up with and all of a sudden we've got to have a new school because a school that was originally built for 500, well, now it really only holds 300. And so now we need a new school. And look at where it's left us. Anchorage is now considering closing six schools. Fairbanks just closed three schools because, again, the enrollment across the state has been on a decline for years. Yes, yes. That uh, that goes to the economy, by the way, Michael. Um, we're losing a lot of people because of uh, our poor economy. You know, a lot of talent is leaving us. Um, people who can get better offers, better opportunities down below. Um, you know, not good. Yeah. Liz Vasquez is our guest, uh, candidate for House District 16. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to jump into this here. We're getting back into it here in just a second, uh, about uh, 20 seconds away right now. Uh, Liz, are you doing any meet and greets or anything here before Election Day? Uh, yeah, I have a fundraiser and also meet and greet tonight at the round table over at the Diamond Mall starting at 530. So okay. everyone is welcome to come on over, get All a right. slice of pizza and Talk to me. Ask questions. All right. 5.30 tonight, Roundtable, Diamond Mall, Liz Vasquez, meet and greet and fundraiser. All right, Liz, hold the line. We're going to be right back to you here in just a second. Folks, I would ask that you like and share this show, share it for sure, and that you would uh, subscribe, ring the bell, follow the show page, do all that stuff as well. Let's get to it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. All right, we're continuing with Liz Vasquez right now, candidate for District 16 in the State House. Um, and uh, we were just finishing up with education. So, Liz, I guess I'll ask you this. Um, you know, what's your solution to fixing the education problem? I mean, we've you've already acknowledged that it's not more money. 
that's going to fix it. There's something going on in there, administrations, overheads, everything else. But give us the Liz Vasquez solution to fixing the scholastic and the aptitude challenge and all the problems we're facing in schools. What is your solution to that? I think we need to, on the state level, drill drill down uh, to each school district and try to eliminate the administrative overhead and put those resources in the classroom. And I think we need to audit those budgets. And I don't see that, uh, anyway, that robust audit system in place to ensure that the school kids, the school children get the best in the classroom. There's a lot of work and we need to redo that formula. And we need to, there's a lot of things that can be done um, well, you talked about the number of school districts. I mean, we've got 53 school districts, some with 100,000 students and some with 100 students. I mean, oh, and each one of those in each one of those school districts has got a duplicative administration and overhead and superintendents. And you got all this duplication of effort. Should we be looking yes. at maybe consolidating school districts down? Should we be looking at consolidating yes. the university? Should we be, you know, should those be efficiencies oh. that we're pursuing? I have been talking about consolidating school districts for a long time because when I did my research when I was in Juneau, I was shocked. Yes, there are 53 school districts. Ten of those, I drilled down, ten of those have less than 30 students. And school districts, as you just described, includes a school board, they're paid, a superintendent, He's or she is paid assistant superintendent, a CFO, a whole administrative structure. Right. There is one school district when I was doing my research that had only 10 students. So 10 of these school districts had less than 30 students. Right. Here in Anchorage, we have 42,000 students right now, but we only have one superintendent and two, I think, two or three assistant superintendents. But we have 42,000 students. I mean, some of these school districts have 300 students, 200. Uh, Prince of Wales Island has three school districts on the road system. Right, right. For a handful figure, of students. Right? Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no. That's a big waste of money. Yeah. I, I think. Oh. And 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 you know, and who, who gets hurt? The children. Yeah. No, I I uh, I would love to see some changes in that. Let's move on uh, over. You said the PFD has been an issue, but it wasn't really one that people were talking about up there. But I know on your website you say that you are full the for uh, a statutory PFD. Um, I mean, should we be following the law? Uh, I know the legislature has been given a pass by the by the courts and said, well, I they know. can basically do whatever the hell they want. But I, I mean, if you don't like the law, shouldn't you change it? Or Absolutely. Should you, or should you just should ignore not. the statute? Micah, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. They don't like the statute. They should have the guts to change it, the courage to change it. Just change it if that's what you want to do. And, you know, but anyway, um, there is a statute that <laughs> tells us how to how to calculate the uh, permanent dividend check. Right. So until that, anyway, I believe we need to follow that formula um, until there is another statutory change and, and that uh, this public participation. I mean, I'm afraid. You know, 
what's going on is those people that are looking to cut the permanent dividend check are looking to do that to just in- increase state government. Right, to increase to protect the state spend on the public on the public yes. sector economy, yeah. And uh, as you well know, we spend way more per capita than any other state on state spending. I mean, we really Yeah. By, out there. By, a, by a significant amount over states of similar uh, demographics and size. Um, now, that brings us to the question of, uh, you know, of conflict, because we have another law on the books, SB 26, which is the POMV law, which directly conflicts with the statutory formula. That's what the court case was all about. And yes. so if uh, if we can't, uh, you know, you said public participation on a change to the statutory formula. So I'm assuming that you would support an advisory vote by the people on any change to the PFD itself. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because there are a lot of specific special interests that would like to get their hands on that, right. on that money. Well, so that leads us again back to SB 26, which is in conflict with the PFD statute. Should we, I mean, and, you know, in the POMV model has a, several problems the biggest one, of course, is that it doesn't account for market vagrity. So if if the market is going up, the PFD usually goes up, according to the statutory formula. If the market goes down, then the PFD goes down. But the POMV just draws the same amount year after year after year. So should we be looking at uh, potentially removing and revoking SB 26 and going back just to the full statutory formula? Yes, I was approached when I was down there to support SB 26. I said no. And there was pressure to, it wasn't passed that year when I was there, but I was approached to support it. Um, Yeah, the POMV formula doesn't make sense um, because you're right. The, under the original statute, that amount is calculated. The amount of the permanent dividend check is calculated based on the average of five years of performance of the fund. Right. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, and when we have a bad period of time and, you know, I've lived here long enough when the PFD check was only like, what, $380? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember back in 2008 and 9, after the fiscal crash of 07 and 08, how our dividends dropped precipitously down into the $300 range for about four years until it rolled yep. off the five-year average. So we've seen the effects of that. We know it. We expect it. And it makes sense because if it's performing poorly, we shouldn't make as much money. That's just how it is. Uh, but yes. Let's, yes. let's move on to uh, the biggest you know, big issue, kind of the 10,000-foot view. We only have about five minutes left. Um, you know, the budget. Now, you just talked about how much we spend and how high it is. I'm assuming that if I ask you the question of is state government too big, too small, or just right, you're probably falling in the too big category. Yes, it's too big. It needs to be gradually reduced. Uh, but it needs to be more efficient. Uh, we're not spending our money efficiently. I mean, we're spending a lot of money on education. You know, Michael, what I keep saying is we keep paying for a Mercedes. We're getting a Kia. Right, or a Yugo, even worse. Oh, a Yugo. A Yugo. You know, yeah. You know, it's like if you're spending so much money in education, you ought to get a top notch product for spending that much money. Right. And we're not. Yeah. You see? And and so and I would say like in other areas in healthcare, 
we are spending lots of money, but again, I don't think we're getting the results we should be getting for the type of money we're spending. Well, it's got to be so, tough in a state where 270,000 Alaskans, are, roughly a third of Alaskans, are on some form of government-subsidized welfare, health care, etc. Yes. I mean, that that's not sustainable. No, no, no. No, it isn't. And, and you know, this is why we need to... Um, we just need to be mindful of how we spend the money. I mean, we've spent lots of money, but we don't show results. You know, when I look around at our infrastructure, we don't have a decent highway going to Denali from Anchorage, for, for, for instance. We don't have a decent highway going from Anchorage to the Kenai Peninsula. I mean, every time we have a serious accident, we have a lot of them on that highway going south. They have to close the highway. Go figure. I right. mean, but we have spent over the years billions of dollars. It's just it's just amazing to me that we have spent so much money and we're not getting we're not getting value. We're not right. when I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it in infrastructure. I don't right. see it in our education results. Um, oh, the port. Oh, the port. We have to beg. That port is critical for the whole entire state. Right. Why is it that it falls on the shoulders of only Anchorage residents? It shouldn't. It's a state problem. Uh, Liz, I got two more questions or one more question before I ask you to wrap up. Um, you, what do you think is the biggest thing that separates you from your opponent? We're hearing a lot of things about your opponent. Uh, we, of course, you got mentioned in the Democratic newsletter that because you supported uh, Trump or whatever, you're you're not a viable candidate, even though you tick off all the other diversity boxes that they would love. You know, immigrant, woman, lawyer, uh, Latina. I mean, the whole thing. It's I mean, all this stuff, right? Is is it, but but because you supported it, that's not good. So you got mentioned there. But give us in your thoughts quickly. What separates you the most from your candidate? What are the the most distinctive uh, uh, talking points that are that are separate? Uh, well, I have a vast toolkit. I have the knowledge and experience to get results for my community, for my uh, district. I have, you know, a lot of experience on the state, local, and federal level, and I can deliver. I'm hardworking. I, you know, as a freshman, I passed two bills. And I put in 10 other bills to improve uh, accountability for state spending program um, programs. So, you know, that's amazing for a freshman to do. I served on five committees, vice chair on the HES committee, vice chair on the education, co-chair of the energy. For a freshman, that's a lot. And I can deliver. There's a big difference. This, right. My opponent has, there's a question of whether even she meets the three-year minimum residency requirement to file for office. Right, right. And well, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm going to ask you to wrap up now. Give us your one-minute elevator pitch on why people should vote for Liz Vasquez. How do they find out about you? Your next meet and greet, which I know is happening tonight. So just give us a quick 60-second uh, uh, elevator pitch. You just bumped into me and said, Mike, I want you to vote for me, and here's why. Give it to me. Yeah, well, I'm a common-sense candidate. I know that people are... Uh, concern about the economy, inflation, and I can deliver results. I'm very knowledgeable about the state budget. I think we need to be very mindful and considerate of the people's money, and we have to do it in a transparent and accountable way. And we need to fix things like the 
education and lack right. of infrastructure. All right. Tonight, 5.30 at Roundtable Pizza in Diamond Center, you're going to be holding a meet and greet, say people to say hi and get a chance to talk with you. And folks can go to your website, which is LizVasquez.com and get all the information. Am I right? Yes. Thank you, Michael. All right. Appreciate well, it. Liz Vasquez, thank you so much. Hold the line for just a second, Liz. Don't go anywhere. Folks, we're out of time for this segment. We got more coming up. Chris Story is going to be joining us here in uh, just a second. And uh, we're going to be uh, chatting with him since we missed him on Tuesday. The Michael Duke Show continues. You're home for common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. It's the Michael Dukes Show. Bum, 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 bum. Why not take a quick break? Be right back. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, Liz, I always like to give every candidate one final bite at the apple after we go to commercial, just in case there was something we didn't hit on, a topic that we didn't reach, or maybe something you wanted to go deeper on. Uh, i got about two minutes here for you to be able to sound off on anything you want to talk about. Well, I can resist pressure. For instance, um, there was a lot of pressure to vote for SB 91, the catch and release criminal bill that was so off on crime and caused all kinds of problems in the community. And uh, I voted no. I had the guts to actually vote no. Right. As a prosecutor, I couldn't vote for that. Former right. prosecutor, I couldn't vote for that. That's pre- that, so, was pre- that was prescient because it turned out to be a total pooper raid. I thought it was it was bizarre to me. I stood up on the floor and gave a long speech outlining everything that was wrong with that stupid bill. And I could not believe. And it was like everybody was drinking the Kool-Aid down there. I was swimming you know, the other way. <laughs> right, right. Against <laughs> so, the tide, right. Yeah, so I, I'm really keen on uh, curbing crime. And, you know, I haven't grown up in the East Coast and in, in Puerto Rico. Um, I liked Alaska. I liked the fact when I came into town, uh, a lot of people didn't like their cars. They didn't like the their houses. I definitely wouldn't recommend that now. So that's, that's also an issue that people are concerned about. Right. And they're concerned about how their money is spent. Right. I mean, you go down there, it may not be your money, but it's the people's money and you have to be accountable and transparent about how you spend that money. Right. I don't know. I'm very passionate about that. Well, and I'm, as the economy gets worse and worse, of course, the crime issue and everything else, that all becomes a, a more uh, important part of it as people's money gets tighter and inflation rises and loss of PFD and, you know, lack of efficient spending. All those things come together to make the perfect the perfect uh, hot, you know, hot mess in there for sure. Um, You're I'll, absolutely right. There's nothing romantic about a poor economy. Oh. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Liz Vasquez, thank you so much for coming on board. We appreciate you being part of it today. Thank you for, okay, uh, for thank listening. Thank you, Michael. All right. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Liz Vasquez, our guest uh, today here uh, on the program. Okay. Let's... Um, Let's uh, let's get this going on. Chris Story, the man from Homer, will be joining us in just a Good second. morning, Michael. Uh, hello, buddy. What's up with you, huh? What are you doing? I'm back on top of the world. So happy to hear your voice. <laughs> back on top of the world. I'm like, boy, this guy just travel, travel, travel. No show me, do whatever. 
What's up with that, man? Are you are you tan at least? I mean, did you go someplace warm and sunny, or were you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that now I'm really mad about it. What? Exactly. How, That's my vitamin D. How was it? Was it good? It was great. Yeah, we went to Arizona to support uh, Zoe doing an Ironman, and uh, it was great. So we turned it into a to a mini vacation. It was fantastic. Well, there's no downside to that, except, of course, we didn't have you on the show, which we missed you, man. We missed you. Um, so it's good to good to have you back. Uh, what are, what are we going to what are we ta- what topically what are we hitting on today? I want to talk about uh, making something to last kind of in this, uh, you know, fast paced digital nanosecond world. I want to talk about making something that lasts. Oh, I, I smell a book pitch somewhere in the middle of that right there. I can just, I can see it right now. Um, maybe, maybe Maybe for you. Speaking of books, um, how's it going? I know that we're getting close to your self, uh, inflicted deadline on all your good stuff. (laughs) How, how's it, how's it going? Well, I going good. I took advantage of the, the time away to, to get some deep dive work done and uh, getting very, very close. Good. Almost ready to hand off to the editor. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to, uh, to read it and I'm excited to, uh, uh, quite honestly, I'm excited to perform it. I've been thinking about the making of man lately. Uh, I actually went back and listened to it again here recently and, uh, I just thought what a good story it was. And I, I can't wait for you to expand it and make it fuller and deeper and larger and, and have, and have something really good there. So, um, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And of course, uh, the next book in the Backyard Millionaire series is also, I mean, it's just different. You know, one is kind of entertainment and engaging. The other one's kind of more entertaining and, and educational. So it's, uh, they're both fan. If you haven't read either one of his books, go do them now. Go get them now because they're fantastic. And by the way, you can get them both on Audible. So you can go over there and you can, yes, you, you don't even have to read them. You can listen to them. And some guy read Let them. Michael read them to yeah, you. Yeah. I will read them to you in my cool, beautiful, golden, dulcet tones. Um, mm. <clears throat> all right. So building something that will last is our topic for today. Chris Story, the man from Homer. Good to hear from him. Um, Chris, are we, uh, did you did you understand my text message about next Tuesday asking you to move to the final segment of the show next Tuesday? Yeah, yeah. No worries. Absolutely. Okay. I am clay in your hands. Okay. Use me. I'm <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uh, Neil Patrick Swayze. That's right. Neil Pat. Just ghost. Just ghost me right there. Just ghost me. Uh, All right. Uh, That's it. We got to jump back into it. Let's get going. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense. Liberty based. Free thinking radio. Share the show. So Chris Story and I were just talking, and uh, it got a little weird. And then the chat room's like, "You guys are weird. You're so weird." This is what happens when you have a good friend who just—I <laughs> don't know. I don't know. It is weird sometimes. I mean, Chris and I sometimes will say something while we're together, and and we'll just kind of look at each other like, "Well, that was weirder than usual." But then we'll just move <laughs> on. I just—I mean, you know, I don't know. It's uh, it's good. My friend. My mentor in some things and uh, just kind of an all-around beautiful human being. Chris Story joins us this morning. Hello, sir. We all ready? Michael, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thanks for hosting such a 
a great show and uh, Liz Vasquez. I, I'm not familiar with her, but she was fascinating. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting discussion. It's nice to get candidates on that we almost never hear from. Um, and, uh, I think it's been a good time. I mean, and it's obviously been popular. I mean, there are just like almost no slots left between now and election day. Uh, so they will all be filled, I'm sure. Uh, but I, and Chris, by the way, is going to appear next Tuesday in, on his regular day, but he's going to be <clears throat> in the final segment of the show, uh, as a concession to me to allow me to have a full, uh, two segments with a candidate prior to him. So I appreciate that. Um, today is Thursday, not Tuesday, but he missed his show on Tuesday. So, and that's when we had Charlie Pierce on. So that worked out well. Uh, Chris, uh, today you want to talk about building something that will last. Isn't that a, isn't that like the most human of desires and emotions? You want something that will go on beyond you, whether that's generationally in your children or doing something, building something that means something when you're gone. Uh, I mean, I think that's really kind of a, a desire of, I know that's something that I desire, that something, the things that I do matter after I leave, I think it's important. Yeah, I agree. And in art, as in life, I think making something to last beats building something fast every single time. And we saw that in the dot-com race to the bottom and, and money was billions spent on products that were just for a, an expedient result, which resulted in nothing in and of themselves. It, early on in my, my pottery making career, I was obsessed with throwing the perfect cylinder or the perfect bowl shape. Because if you can master those two, those two shapes, then you can make anything you want to. And so what you do in that process is you throw what you think is this, you know, beautiful, perfect form, cut it in half with a wire, look at your work, re-wedge the clay, keep throwing, and you just keep going through this process. But anybody looking on goes, wait a minute, that's insane. You just cut this beautiful serving bowl, this 14-inch bowl, you just cut it in half. Why would you do that? And I remember writing when I was 17, I was keeping a journal of thoughts. I called it a collection of thoughts and teapots because I was making teapots obsessively. And I remember I wrote in this one, one line, the product is but a moment. The process lasts a lifetime. Right. And I remember that to this day. And it's, it's so obvious and it's nothing profound, but it just makes the point that when you're working on something to last, you don't need to go fast. Look at Abe Lincoln's life it was a complete disaster. He was in a great example of everything he touched turned to just crap and went wrong until he got it right as president. And of course, right. it, it cost him his life. But nevertheless, the process, the making, the process of becoming, this is life. This is what the, the art of life is all about. For example, your show. Your show, Michael, isn't just about today's conversation with your guest Liz Vasquez or me or next week with another politician. It's about a whole conversation, a living, breathing conversation and a community that you are creating. Now, this episode is going to live on the Internet. People can go back and listen to it and undoubtedly will download it. Um, but that's not the reason you did it. That's not the reason you're here before this microphone today. You're here in the process of building something over many decades. And that conversation and that community is there to reward you later. And as you said, uh, it, it's not just the spoken word, for example, of today's program, but the longevity of what you've created that will outlast you. For example, you could go to the internet and find a few, half a dozen or a dozen different Paul Harvey segments that are out there. There's not many, but there are some out there you can go listen to. Right. And yet almost every single person that just heard his name instantly can reflect on what he meant to you 
who he was and how much he loved America, even though very little of his spoken words are still there for you to hear. It was the, the building of a lifetime and building of a, a commitment to his process that we remember. Right. No. And I, I'm often a, I, I'm reminded of a story of somebody asking, and I don't remember which athlete it was, but it was some great athlete that was going back there. Uh, I was reminded about you throwing the pottery uh, and they were doing some kind of basics. You know, they were doing some basic, uh, they were exercising or doing what training and doing some basics. And somebody's like, I mean, you're a, whoever it was, a baseball, I don't remember who it was, but you know, you're a 400 RBI baseball player. Why do you need to practice? Well, because that's what it's all about. It's basing it back on that. Once I've perfected that and I keep that skill up, everything else falls into place. And isn't that kind of what you're talking about here? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fundamentals. And not just mastering the fundamentals, which is important. Like Bruce Lee said, I don't fear the person who's uh, mastered a thousand kicks, but the person who has, you know, kicked one time, one kick a thousand times, um, mangled that. Anyway, but the idea is more about, in my mind, making something in this internet age that is yours, that is going to outlast you, that is going to not just be fast and in the moment of this tweetable world, but something that is here in a permanent sense. And, and often it's in the form of a relationship. As I just mentioned, you're carving a relationship with your audience, with this community that you've built over 20 plus years of broadcasting. Maybe somebody's tuning into you today for the first or, or the second time or the 231st time. It, it's irrelevant. Which, which, which is the most important chisel, Mark, that Michelangelo put onto David? Right. Was it the first or the last or somewhere in between? It's that whole process of becoming that matters. And that's, that's what I think I, my emphasis today is just that as in art, in life, what you're doing, the relationships you're creating, they're going to outlast you. I was thinking this morning when I woke up, for some reason, I was just really impressed upon my mind with the consciousness of my soul today by my grandparents, both my maternal and paternal grandparents, which are all gone. And I was just sitting here reflecting on them and like, wow, the manifestation of their life through mine and the imprint they had upon me, which I out about lived them obviously and will continue to pass on through to my next generations and succeeding me and that matters you know what they did and how they lived and how they spoke to me the influence they had on me is really important and that's not fast but it's built to last and i think that's that's my main thought today uh chris story is our guest the man from homer talking about uh you know building something to last so I mean, how do we go about it? How do we decide? I mean, there's so many different things, so many different ways you can influence life or people or things, your community. So how do we decide, you know, what it is that's important to us to, to build? I mean, how do we decide where we go? Uh, how, do we, how do we get started on that journey, I guess, is what I'm asking. Every morning for the last couple of weeks, I woke up and would sit outside by the pool. And there happened to be a chair, Michael, that was in the exact spot where I could see the sunrise. And I wanted to sit in that exact spot. Now, there was four other chairs around this table by a poolside, and I could have moved that chair to another location within a second or two. That chair that I sat in every day and chose to sit in had a broken arm. And I would lean against it, and it was, oh, wait a minute, don't lean too heavy against that arm. I'll, I'll fall over. And yet, I never moved it. I got comfortable with that chair for some reason. And I remember thinking about halfway through, this is weird. I could move this chair in two seconds and have a much better experience, but yet I've grown comfortable with it. And so with a broken arm came that certain realization that in life, we can get so comfortable 
with an adverse circumstance or with just setting that we're not thrilled with, but it's comfortable. I suggest we look to what is uncomfortable and move towards it. What fear is holding you back from something? You mentioned a book pitch earlier. Maybe the pitch is you write that book. Well, I'm not a scholar. Who cares? Get started. It's in the right. process that you become what it is that you can envision. You'll start with the end in mind. And what's keeping you back? Is it fear? Go for it. Head um, right towards it. You know, um, I told this, I don't have a lot of time here, but I told this, I, I think I told you, I may not have told you, but the last time I went to Homer, uh, I was inspired as I was driving mm-hmm. down with my wife, you know, I, you kind of shed the daily stuff and you're like, okay, I'm on the drive. And I started thinking, and I got inspired. And I, I, when I was in going through Soldat and I stopped at Fred Meyer's there and I picked up a couple composition books and I picked mm-hmm. one up and I said, this is my, you know, this is kind of my thought, you know, thing. And so I started writing things and ideas that I had been fearful of putting down on paper, the ideas and dreams or things that I thought I could do. And I came up with five or six things that were kind of interconnected, but all could make a difference in the long run. And I felt so empowered by writing those things down, things that I had been fearful to put down in the past. Uh, Final thoughts on that, Chris, 45 seconds or so. I remember you shared them with me over lunch and you allowed me to buy you lunch. And I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) uh, Just kidding. But no, that was one of your things on the list. Get a free lunch from Chris. It worked. Yeah, but I think on top of the living world, uh, on top of the world living, this idea of waking up on purpose, that you were born on purpose and you've got a purpose, is about waking up to something that's already inside of you. And that's, I'm just here to tap you on the shoulder and say, whatever that is, get about it. Get yeah. going. Start today, even if it's just as simple as writing it down. Yeah. Chris Story, the man from Homer. Hold the line for a second, Chris. Folks, we're out of time. Tomorrow is Firearms Friday. Good morning, Americans. It's Friday. Stand by for guns. That's happening tomorrow. We'll see you. Sorry, that was my Paul Harvey impersonation uh, because, I mean, when you heard that, you know it. I mean, that was the thing. There's a guy that touched so many lives, oof, still today, like you said, uh, you know, and now you know the rest of the story. Uh, Just so many good stuff. Uh, Chris, no, I mean, you know, what you said today just resonates because, again, when I, I bought that little book and turned it kind of into my little vision book of, Things that, I mean, up until that point, I had been thinking about them. And some of these ideas for years, I had been thinking about them. But I'd been, I don't know if I'd been afraid, hesitant, maybe afraid, maybe fearful of writing it down. Because writing it down makes it more real, right? I mean, writing it down puts it into something solid, but it also solidifies it and moves things forward. And that was, um, you know, I mean, I felt empowered by that. I, I I shared it with you. I mean, I felt empowered by the fact that I was writing these things down that I had never. And I've written a lot of goals down. I've written a lot of things down and not been afraid to. But these were a handful of things that I were like, these are things that I want to do. And uh, yeah. it's uh, I, I can't tell you what a crazy step that is for some people. Yeah, I think we mistake art, the art hanging on the wall with the artist. And it's like, no, it's just a mirror. It's just a reflection of that moment and that day and that time. And it's this entire process. So writing it down, looking at it, reflecting upon what it is you want to accomplish or do or become or have or where you want to go and what kind of travel and experience you want to have in life. Writing it down can be a little scary because there's this gulf between where you are and what you want, where you are and where you would like to go or who you'd like to become. I look, I told Tiffany yesterday, I said something about, um, we were driving back from Anchorage, and I said something. I don't remember why I said it, but I said something about, well, when I get it, when I have a six pack, and she goes, oh, okay, so never. 
<laughs> like, oh, right, okay, it's never going to happen. I, I just don't desire that. Um, but if I were to write that down, and if I were to desire that and go from the keg that I have today to a six-pack, wow, that, that, that's really risky putting it out there. So we do have to be a little careful and guarded with, with what it is we wish to become or have or do. But don't be afraid to put it down at writing. Don't be afraid to look at what scares you and say, this is where I want to go. I, I've talked about that in the past. I've written, uh, written several programs around that whole concept of using fear as your compass. Like, oh, that's right. my true north. What, what scares me most, that's where I need to head. That's the path that I need to follow because something is, is awakening inside of me that says, this is what I want. But then there's insecurity. You know, we have the complex of the inferiority complex with the, um, you know, imposter syndrome, which Seth Godin says, if you don't feel imposter syndrome ever, you're just not growing. You're not growing, you're (laughs) not becoming. Exactly. Imposter syndrome is real, folks. I'll tell you that for nothing. I I will just say this, that writing that stuff down, the stuff that I had been fearful to write down before, was liberating in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. It, It expanded my mind to think even beyond those thoughts into, you know, to kind of take it to the next level. I saw it as the first step in a journey. Uh, some of those things, uh, you know, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I can't make them come to pass, but I believe I can. And by writing them down, it was like it it put them into, exi- you know, it put the first step of into the existence of them on the road, so to speak. All right. Anyway, Chris, final thoughts. I don't want to hold you up too long. Well, no, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. I know that this is a, a bit of a distraction or diversion from your, your typical uh, political talk. And, and uh, I'm sure some to some it's frustrating, but I just hope that the one person listening that's so supposed to get the, the moment or get what it is right. you and I are talking about. I, I hope that they're there and, and it means something to them. And I just appreciate this opportunity. Yeah. If one person hears this and goes, I could do uh-huh. that. I could do that. That, yeah. Yep. If one person gets the change, then I think we're all on board with that. Chris story. Thank you, my friend, uh, author of the backyard millionaire, author of born to live author of making of man, uh, podcaster, potter, realtor, radio show host. My God, you're making me feel like a slacker. Uh, <laughs> all right, Chris Story. Thank you, my friend. I love homeralaska.com, right? Yes, sir. And to, and, yeah, see, you, see and, you Tuesday. And today at 1 p.m. on yes. KPEN. You got it. KGTL, KPEN, on top of the world. All right, my friend. It's good to talk with you, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate you calling in. Thanks, uh, Michael. Have a great day. All right, folks. Um, well, that's it. We're done. I was just going to say we're going. I get so used to working with Chris into the next segment that I was almost went to another segment. But nope, got to go. Got to go. People to see. Things to do. People to do things to see. I don't know. Whatever it is. I appreciate all you guys. Thank you for coming on board. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for participating in the program. It's always great to see you. And we will return to mirror. To mirror. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Have a great day.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.